Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 42. Today we're talking about high school dating with our special guest, Pastor Josh Tice. I'm back in the studio. Hey, is it true that the last episode that I was on, which is episode 41 about Quest for Friendship, the most downloaded episode of all time, Tice Talks, is that true? Yes, you were able to look up those stats. It's amazing because we just recorded it 20 minutes ago. Yeah, you're you're (laughs) incredible, Josh, looking into the future. That's right. I have the I have the power to uh, time travel. Uh, power get, of positivity. Is got what it from it is. King the Conqueror. For those who know. <laughs> so Joshua is the senior pastor of Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Correct. He's been married for twenty years to his college sweetheart. Also correct. Heather Tice, one of my closest friends. Um, Dad's not here. Yes. Because he and Mom are on their summer northeastern tour. They're traveling around the northeast preaching at, I think, about seven, eight different churches. Yeah, yeah. They're holding conferences. Um, They still, uh, the conferences are amazing. These conferences are filled with wisdom for practical Christian living for the family. They hold family life conferences, prayer conferences, missions conferences. What I really get much feedback about these conferences that they go on is how encouraged the pastor's family mm, yeah. and their staff are yeah. once mom and dad have come. Um, just having that, hey, we've been there. We're praying for you. We, we, we know what it's like, and we're cheering you on. And people just love that. And Mom and dad are just so authentic, yeah. and people love that authenticity. So if you're listening and you're like, hey, we would love to book um, your Dave Tice to come and do one of his conferences, all you need to do is contact me at charity.berkey at experienceliberty.com, or you can call the church at 702-647-4522 and just leave a message, and I'll be able to contact you back, and we can start looking towards booking for He's filled up for this year, but we have right. a few openings for 2022. Yeah, and it's not too too soon to think through 2023 too, right? Or as well, if you're um, if you're starting to plan out next year, um, it's August when this is released, and you're starting to plan out 2022, and he's already booked. Then call in, get it booked for 2023. His schedule is being filled up, and right. one of the, because cool. we already have some in 2023 right. that are filled because people are like, oh, I really wanted him in the fall or yes. I wanted him in the spring. So, yeah. yeah so contact Charity immediately. And um, by the way, it's a twofer, right? Because if you get Dave Tice, he doesn't go without Anna. Ever. Anna will show up. And by the way, you wouldn't want him. Right. Without Anna, really. <laughs> like, he's just a different person. She she makes him what he is. She sure does. And when she, she hears this episode, him. she's going to love her second son <laughs> for saying that. No, but it is they, they really are a team. And um, the encouragement that she brings to the women whenever she's just around them and in the community of the church and to the pastor's wife, it's invaluable resource. So, yeah, yeah we highly recommend. Help. Yeah, they are both godly people, consistent in their walk with the Lord, yeah. and they're authentic. Yeah. And there's that's missing in a lot of people, it seems, that the yeah. authenticity. It's just a lot, of, and they're a lot of fun. Um, I, it, there's nothing like having an older minister come in. Yes, Dad, if you happen to hear this, which he won't. He won't listen to this. Mom will. Mom will. <laughs> um, dad's, dad's an older minister. Mom's much younger. But um, as, they, as they come in, it's nice to have that perspective in the pulpit. As mm-hmm. well as at the Denny's dinner table afterward, and like you said, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, someone actually just messaged and they said, um, "One of they they're going to a large church up in 
Maryland. And the the person, the contact person I've been discussing with, he said, now we're talking about doing like a, an icebreaker game, like a family feud game. <laughs> Is that going to offend Pastor Tice? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's... Easily like, he is so guy. much fun. The man is so much fun. He is very hard to offend. Yeah. You are just going to love and enjoy being there, and he's going to love and enjoy being there with you guys. So, so today we're talking about high school dating. Yeah, that's right. High school <laughs> Josh, dating. Josh just made his rounds in high school. Yeah, I was a, I was a busy guy, quite a player. <laughs> in reality, if you're like us, um, you're raising your family in a very specific worldview, a very Christianized mm-hmm. home, and it's connected to either your local church or your local and your local Christian school or your homeschooled, um, um, or if you do have them within the public education system, you're very, very specific about what they hear, when they hear, how they hear, and how they interact, um, and why? Because as Christians living in Corinth, or as Christians living in Rome, hmm. or as Christians living in modern America, we have to be really careful that our children understand the Christian worldview when they are bombarded with a secular worldview yeah. that is the opposite, the antithesis of what followers of Jesus think like. And that definitely relates to the dating uh, scene that begins really at the age of 12 and 13 in some homes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So what about in our home? Uh, I would like to know, I've been trying to think, I'm racking my brain about what your first date Mm. looked like. So uh, my first date. What it was. And then we'll talk about what that looked like. Like, who was it? So what a first date looked like for for me was normally like a youth activity. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would have uh, youth activities where in our youth group we had an annual like... um, like a formal, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know what they called them, but we would have like a banquet, sometimes at Valentine's, Valentine's Day, banquet. right? Yep. And, uh, you know, at the age of 15 years old, you start, uh, uh, you're kind of encouraged to do that. Now, some Christian parents, because we're very, very conservative, as you are, as it relates to raising children, mm-hmm. really try to be protective. Sometimes Christians will come to an environment where a church does that and think, oh my goodness, they're dating? Right. And the answer is no, what we're attempting to do is at the age of 14, 15, 16, to start preparing them to interact with the opposite sex in a safe and controlled environment. Yes, how to, t- how to treat the opposite sex as a lady, mm-hmm. as a gentleman, mm-hmm. with, like you said, controlled environment. These are not just, it's not just having a chaperone that's going to be gone at the bar drinking. Right. It's, it's everybody's there, and it's all together. It's right. not exclusive. So we, we were raised, and we're in turn now raising our children in our, uh, in our la- middle age years, right. if I can say that. <laughs> um, we're doing very similarly with our children and teenagers, and that is we, we did not date in the sense of like, hey, I have a girlfriend, I'm going to go to the movies, and uh, we'll see you home at 10 o'clock. Right. Um, we didn't do a lot of that. In fact, we did none of that. Um, and again, maybe you're listening, you have a different standard for your family, and that's completely fine. We understand that everybody in a different place. We're telling you what we did. Um, so for a date for us, it was really um, one or two annual events where the youth group encouraged, hey, if you want, you can go as friends um, with a bunch of guys, a bunch of girls. But really, this is, uh, this is an event for you to invite somebody of the opposite sex. It was all done with purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so that, that would be uh, the first one's that we were involved with, to be quite honest, Charity, Do you I, don't, remember? I don't even remember. I remember a few dates, and I can talk about a few, but I don't remember which was first. 
I don't remember. Isn't that amazing? That's yeah. a different. I could tell you every one. Really? As a teenage girl, it's so different from a teenage boy. Yeah. Because like I, oh yeah, my first date was at twelve years old with your executive pastor. What with Fred? Freddie? No. <laughs> tell me about this. So we went to the Valentine banquet, and you know, I was I was in this. Wow gorgeous white gown with massive um, shoulder pads and puff sleeves. Like Anne of Green Gables. Yes. And Freddie was there with his Coke bottle glasses and braces. (laughs) And (laughs) so me and Freddie went to the Valentine banquet. That ended our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie still ended up being in my wedding and I ended up being in his wedding. Just not together. (laughs) Not together. That's so that's what's so neat is because everything was so controlled, we still have great relationships to this day. And I wasn't in Freddie's wedding because I was like his best woman or anything. I became best friends with his wife. She Boy, became one of, one of my best friends. I really want to go back to that a little bit later on in the conversation mm-hmm. to talk about how is it possible to maintain friendships with exes. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, really. So, Fred, and we've known Freddie. Freddie grew up at our house. I mean, his mom would babysit us and she became like an aunt really yeah. to us. So, and that was since we were like, I was like four or five yeah. when when we became, so we, we, we don't not know not we don't have a time in our life we don't remember having Freddie in our life. Yeah. So No, yeah. I mean I, I, I can remember there was a girl named Amy or Ami, I think. I remember, remember her? Amy, yeah. yes. Short, sweet, cute little, little blonde. Yeah, yes. She's a sweet, cute girl. <laughs> yeah. Um and then um a girl named Sarah was a good friend mm-hmm. and that friendship actually began to uh, what happens is at the age of sixteen, seventeen you begin to feel feelings that are different than what you felt when you were twelve, thirteen. Mm-hmm. You begin to get a little bit more romantic. Yeah, yeah men and women do. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, man, it would be so much fun to take her. But I really had to wrestle with that. She's a friend, Mm -hmm. but also I feel feelings. And having those conversations with dad was really helpful during that time. I have that now. I've now had those same conversations with Jonathan uh, being 17, 18 years old. And so, um, yeah, for us, our worldview, uh, which I would be bold enough to say is a biblical worldview, Christian worldview, is to um, allow for them to have those moments of growth in a in a protected environment that se- uh, that uh, separates dating from sex. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be we're gonna try to be careful here because I don't know who's listening right, to this. You know, Mama, you might be there with a, a six year old yeah, running so around. Ju- just be careful. Put the earbuds in. If <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's gonna come out now? We have Josh here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's unfiltered uh, as we talk about these next things. So with us, we called those, what you were just saying, we mockingly yeah. named this, oh, we don't go on dates, we have family fun times. Right, because family fun time looked like this. Uh, Mom and dad were driving, mm-hmm. and Josh was in the backseat, and we pulled up to somebody's hu- apartment or home, and we all walked in together, yes. and we pinned the corsage on. <laughs> Uh, and we all walked out. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, um, Andy Reid. It's really, I'm looking back, I think every one of the guys that I ever family fun time dated yeah they're all pastors now <laughs> oh that's funny oh what good, good influence picks. you were like, yeah i must have been a good influence. yeah i was gonna say not good picks if it weren't for you the uh, ministry would so, be empty today. i'm sure i'm sure that's what it was you're welcome andy <laughs> um uh, and they all changed their names 
Andrew's now Andrew. Andrew. Freddie is Freddy's now Fred. Fred. Yes, right. they're all, all these uh, what, grown ben, up men. Ben Shetler is now so, Benjamin. So we no, have all of true. these, all of these people. Anyway, so they were all like, they were just family outings. So like, I remember Andy. So back in that day, you had just the cell phone with the cord, or just a regular phone with the cord. You didn't have. Yeah exclusive at any time somebody would pick up at the other end if you're on the cell uh, if you're on the phone oh, that's right yeah so there was complete openness yeah. you know always so yeah. um i remember andy when we met at camp at like 12 or 13 and he's like um do you want my number and i'm like no i don't call boys and she's like, what girl That's doesn't funny. call boys? What do you... That's funny. And I was always trained like, you are not the aggressor. You are not the aggressor. Let the man be the pursuer. Let the man. So I'm like, what idiot would call a boy? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that made him think, okay, well, then this I'll call. This one's different. Him. Yeah, okay, this is different than what I'm used to. So, like, Andy, I remember... But we talked on the phone once a week, probably for like a year or two. Mm. And then we would go all of us. I don't know if you would remember going to these. Andy would have baseball games by our our house. And oh, okay. we would all go as a family and watch Andy play at his baseball oh, games. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't remember that, uh, yeah, so, honestly. So these were family fun oh, times wow. that were. So you could still enjoy that relationship and friendship. But there was never, never once. Did I tell these guys, I really like you. Right. Never, if, I'm because in love with you. I'm in love with you. I right. have these feelings for you. Right. That wasn't even allowed. Yeah. It was you are friends right. and you're growing a friendship. And I think because of the, that, it really helped grow friendships yeah. in all of in all of my relationships with guys yeah. growing up. We, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but in my study on friendship over the last year, I've come to the realization that uh, Western society, English-speaking world especially, um, we um, idolize romance and we downplay friendship. Yes, yep. Um, and this, again, going back to the, the novels of Great Britain, uh, Jane Austen and, and, uh, and her ilk, um, all the way through, there's this sense of, of valuing romance above all things. So the vast majority of movies, you have to have. Yeah, you look at relationship as sex first and then well, anything just, that's following. Yeah, maybe like, there'll be a romance. Of, maybe there'll be a friendship that develops from it. But it's, it's, it's even more than that. There's this sense of if we're going to um, have an interesting story. Look at the music industry. What are the vast majority of songs about? Oh, From the yeah. 1930s, 40s, 50s, all the way through, it's about romance. And so yeah. the, romance is good, right. but there are other f valuable relationships in life, and there's a complete downplay and downgrade of friendship. What we were taught is if you're going to develop a true, deep, long-term marriage or true romance, that it begins with friendship. Yeah. Um, and so to develop that social relationship, that friendship first. This is why uh, we counsel um, not just teenagers, but those in their 20s and 30s. Um, if you're going to enter a romantic relationship, prioritize the social relationship by dedicating to the Christian sexual ethic, which is celibacy until ceremony. Ooh, no sex. That. that sounds great together. Until marriage, yeah. <laughs> Um, why? And the, oh, just because God hates 
what happens with people under the sheets. No, God created sex. Right. But because if you focus and and essentially focus your relationship on the social, you'll build a strong foundation on which the sexual can blossom. Yeah, that's Otherwise, this is why, let's be blunt, why many, many relationships fail and in our society. fall out of love. Ah, right, so because like, for for that concept, yeah. the love was sexual, and 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 we've got to stop getting our sexual ethic from Hollywood, right. where a long term relationship it's is three years. years. <laughs> They're like these people have been together forever. Eight years. What's your secret? You've been together since two thousand thirteen. Our secret is to not to. You can sleep. We're allowed permission to yeah, sleep with a, anybody. It's an open marriage. It's an open marriage. That's all right. We can stay together right. for we're, years. Uh, this is going to be very judgmental here, but here we go. <laughs> Where the healthy relationship is uh, Will and, and uh, J, uh, Will Smith and his wife. Right. That's the healthy relationship. That's it, yes. This is insanity. Yet even Christians, now let's go back to Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're not, that's fine. This is not for you. Right. You can figure it out on your own. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is why you follow a biblical sexual ethic, and you're going to look at at the world and say, man, why are their relationships falling apart? This is why. So Christians, we look at it differently. You build the social relationship, then you commit to celibacy until the ceremony, and then the sexual relationship is able to blossom from the great foundation of a social friendship. So we talk about, people will ask, you know, well, what is a good age Mm. to start dating? Is 16, is that good for starting dating? Um, For for us, what we've taught our own kids is we tell them, hey, look, when you're at the point that you're ready to be in an exclusive dating relationship, that that's not an age. That is where you are in life. So that means you're able to get a job to support your, not just yourself, you can support yourself. You, you're at the point where you can, you're going to be, so like, you know, junior age of college, you can look and think, I can, I can support a wife. I can support because children happen immediately, mm-hmm. or I have a good, you know, some people don't always take the college route, but you know, Hey, I'm in a good business. that's going to lead me up that I can actually, you're not going to be living at home and we're not buying your food and your, you know, all the clothes for the new grandbaby and except for the ones that I want to buy, you know, mm-hmm. so we've taught our kids when you're at a point where you can actually financially, mentally take care of it's, it's all different aspects. So it's not just like, here's the age 16. My, my, this is my, um, very thought through, um, ideals is it's stupid to date at 16 <laughs> like 99% of you know people that date at 16 don't marry and then I'm like oh okay I can make up all these stats but really how many people really? do you know that Be were honest. high school sweethearts yeah that ended up getting married and still have a good relationship yeah. Yeah. after that I do have a few yeah and all of all of them yeah. are like We'll never let our kids date in high school. <laughs> Every one of them. Yeah. So I think, wow, it's just not the wisest decision to yeah. let them exclusively date. We're yeah, not talking and that's about why it's important to, as was stated before, to define our terms. What do we mean by dating? And we're not talking about youth activities. And we're not talking about getting together and I've got a crush on that person. Right. Even now, some of our teenagers, I'll be very careful, will we'll talk with the whole family. I don't mm-hmm. know if this happens because yours are a little younger. Yeah. 
but they'll talk with the whole family about who their crush is. Yes. And now nobody knows about their crush except for the five, and nobody, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about it. But this is not, okay, now they're 16, let's go to the movies, and then we're going to go to dinner, and then maybe I drop her off, and there's going to be this kiss at the door. I right. mean, this is not a Spider-Man movie, understand? Right. This is this is a, a real this life. Spider-Man's not careful. reality. Right. Just like those relationships Correct. are not reality. Right. And we let those relationships out of out of fiction dictate what we do with our kids. So what happens and what shifts when, let's say, somebody does walk down the college path? Um, mm-hmm. For us... It was, there was a lot of quote unquote dating, right? One on one. I'm going to take this girl to uh, this, uh, this event, this um, uh, fine arts event, or I'm going to take this girl to this softball game, or we're going to, and I did a lot of that yeah. in my freshman, sophomore year. I mean, we, 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 I was with a lot of different It's almost like, because the college we went to is very strict. It's almost like extended family fun time. Yeah. Well, you, sure. You're in a it's protected great. environment. That's it. You have a that. protected no. environment. And then allowing that to take place for for me was great because it began to help me understand how to interact. And Heather and I have talked about this quite a bit, began to develop in my mind a taste for the type of woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life yeah. with. I'm talking about specifically personality and socially as well as physical appearance. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the sexual relationship. I'm talking about the physicality, yes, the social and the personality. Who do I really want to spend? So that allowed. Yeah, and who set do I up. want to spend yeah. sixty years with? It's a big decision. And raise children with. Right. Yeah, and it's, what you said, it's a big decision. A lot of people don't look at it like that. Like yeah. it's a very weighted. I, I looked at that too much. That yeah. I, I was like, because <laughs> I was twenty five when I got married. Yeah. But I was still so like, okay. I felt like I had waited a long time, 25 and looking. I'm like, You're like so young. Yes. So young. Yes. And I look and I remember thinking, I've waited this long. I'm not messing this up. Yeah. So I was so like very guarded yeah. when <laughs> poor Neil, when he, <laughs> when he asked me if he could pursue a deeper relationship. That's how he asked me. I told him, I said, well, I want you to know I am so content in life right now. We're sitting outside out front wow, of mom and dad's porch. Yeah. And I said, I am so content in life right now. I am so happy. And if getting into a relationship with you makes me less happy, then I don't want it. Wow. <laughs> I was so, but I had come to a part you of so contentment. Confident. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I don't want to just blow this on yeah. it. You know, like yeah. I, I felt I did, wasn't at a point of singleness where it's like, Somebody marry me. I thought, I am valued by God, by friends. People want to date me that I don't care to date. You know, it was like, I I don't want to just jump into a relationship because you're a good-looking single Christian. Yeah. Like, you have all the check marks. Correct. I just want to make sure. But but because of that, I think I overthought a lot of stuff (laughs) that I was like. Oh, I see. Now, I remember with you, do you remember this? You called me. When, when did you, you guys got married your junior year? Uh, after my junior year. After your junior year. And Heather had already graduated. So your sophomore year, I was still at home because you're two years older than me. And I was going to head off to college that fall. And you called me and you're like, hey, don't tell anybody. But I'm going to ask 
mom and dad, if I can marry Heather before <laughs> I graduate. Now, for our family, it was told all the time. Right. You must no, graduate. No, not going to happen. You must graduate. You must graduate. You must graduate. You must graduate. And then you can get married. Must graduate. That was just... That was ingrained into our brains. Right. And it was totally fine. No one was like yeah. rebelling against this. It was like, okay, we got to graduate before we get married. And you were like, I'm going to ask. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, dad it's aren't going to let you get married. Yeah. And then you're like, no, 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 listen. You know, you always had a plan. No, no, this is what's going to happen. So after my junior year, Heather will be graduated. She's graduating early. She'll be able to support me like the good she, wife that she is. That's exactly what she is. She like, comes with a car. She'll graduate. She'll have, we can get her a good job at the college. Right. And I'll only have a year left. And I won't, I, I'll make it so I don't have a lot of credits. So I'll only have a year left and I can get married. And I'm like, well, have fun with that. Mom and dad are never going for that. And then, like, next thing I knew, you guys were getting married after your junior. Yeah. And I was like, What? What is this? So the other side of that, which is crazy, is that her parents actually brought that up to her independently. And oh, you're kidding. See, I didn't even know that. And before I ever talked with dad, dad called me and said, hey, I want to talk with you about something. Have you considered? And he brought it up to us independently. Wow. Without me bringing it up. To which we both took as a sign from the Lord. Like, okay, this is what God wants This is what the Lord wants. And you know what's beautiful? We talked about friendship Um with lots of people prior to a commitment of, of what, what we call exclusive dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated a lot of people my freshman year and then sophomore year, Heather and I began to exclusively date. That means we don't date other people, yeah. um, but we still had a commitment of celibacy until ceremony. Um, the One of the great benefits that is not talked about ever, it seems, about not allowing the relationships of the past to become sexual is that you can maintain good social relationships with yes. a bunch of people who have not seen you naked. Right. And have not seen you in your most vulnerable moment. Exactly. And and I'm, again, there are people listening to this and, and you might feel a little guilt and judgment. Don't. Please don't. We, I have made far more mistakes in life that I want to go to on this podcast. Right. Um, I am a messed up person and I've, 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 I've made a lot of mistakes and God's grace has saved me. But I'll say in, as it relates to this, when raising the next generation, you've got to focus on this truth. Yeah. One of the reasons why friendships become awkward is because we introduce sex into the relationship. And if you're a teenager listening to this, if you're a parent listening to this, attempt to explain to those who are most vulnerable, you want to have a plethora of great friendships and relationships, even with the opposite sex, for decades to come, don't allow those friendships to become sexualized. If you allow those relationships to become sexualized, you're not only hurting future relationship with your spouse, you're hurting all those current friendships. That that you can have that can even be, can grow, you can grow in in a relationship with the spouse. Yes. We've gone to Disneyland with with men and their families, with my family, that I dated after. This is not just speaking to high school. Yeah. That I dated in college. after in college, yep. after college, that we have that the families can get together yep. and we're friends. Yep. And it's because we did we we said no to some fleshly desires. Yeah. And we did set up. Now it all has to do. There's so many so many attacks on purity culture. This yeah I know this in the world today. But I really believe 
I really believe it's because a lot of times things were taught wrong in, um, it all starts with a submissive heart. Right. And when you have a submissive heart, then you can set up guidelines yeah. to follow yeah. those. It, it goes back to the heart of issues. And when you have a submissive heart and you say, okay, I'm going to set up these these borders. I'm going to set up these guidelines. And it's not, it's not if I don't set it up, then I'm damned to hell. It's yeah. Or disliked by God or, di- or, yes, or thrown I'm, away as trash. There's a lot of weird stuff that was right. stated by people who are not balanced. But in reality, when you do understand the the benefits of friendship over yeah. sexuality, you suddenly begin to realize, oh, purity is not the idol. Right. What happens is um, purity is the result of trying to prioritize important things. That's beautifully said. Yeah. That because purity does become an idol, and I think that's probably why Definitely people. Does. Sure. And then you have the people that feel like I'm trash and I'm worthless, and, which is totally inappropriate. And I've heard preaching to that effect. Right, I've heard right. those kind of statements. None of that is appropriate, and that and those those statements are not made by people who fully understand what relationships should be. Right. To be blunt, they're repeating crazy things they've heard from the pulpit. Or people have experienced some really bad hurts in their own life, Good and point. they're saying stuff that they're like. I don't want you to, from oh, a place a really of yeah. warning, yeah. don't, there's the lion that's going to hurt you over there. Don't go over there. And so they overemphasize something in a way that is inappropriate. Yes. That's a really good point. And so they're not trying to... And they can come across as Pharisees and, and, yes. and judgmental. Um, all of that aside, we would say, for yourself and for your children, attempt to teach them to prioritize that which is most foundational. Um, it's not legalistic for somebody to say, I want to build a building. Should I put a concrete slab first or should I put the roof first? That's so good. Well, that's not legalistic. It's like, well, if you want the house to stand well, the concrete slab goes first and then you put the sticks up and then a roof. And what we're saying is prioritize first a social friendship yeah. and a culture in your home that prioritizes friendship before you prioritize lifelong commitment, which leads to a sexual relationship that blossoms from all of that. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Well, this is fun. This yeah. is fun talking about all of our past experiences. Next time on Tice Talks, we're going to be discussing um, having dad. Dad will be back next time. And cool, we're cool. going to talk about um, how they developed a lot of those different standards for us and what they taught because neither one of them came from a place where they had any guidance with dating very no, yeah. little yeah dad had zero and then mom had some moms were you must graduate college mm-hmm. and <laughs> so there was there was some very little and so they wanted to say together as a family, what are we going to do with our own kids to help protect and guide? And so we're going to talk with dad next time specifically about that. Yeah. You might be sitting there thinking, boy, man, I'm in a bad situation. I never had anybody teach me these things. Two things. Number one, neither did Dave and Anna. Right. And you're, and number two, you're not all alone in figuring this out. We're the Tices. We're here to help. We're your friends. Yep. And you not only listening to these, you can, you know, you, you anybody listening to this knows you can contact us anytime, message right. us yep. and we'll help you figure this out. Here's why. Because what's deeply important to us is your children, your next generation, and, it, and allowing them to not experience the heartaches that this world often gives people um, or the heartaches that legalistic religion can often give people right, yeah. and get a balance of a really, truly Christian worldview as it relates to grazing children, growing your teenagers, and allowing them to start out life the way, the way it could lead to less heartache. I love that. I often tell women, hey, you know what? We do a lot of this because I'm selfish. 
I think my children might end up marrying your children. So <laughs> I never thought of that. That's funny. So, yeah. so let me let me give some help and guidance that I've been given. It's true so, but thank you for joining us, Josh. Thanks for coming. Amen. This Glad is to be Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation. It's more than a conversation. <laughs>